Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. I just expect God to speak to him. I had no intent. I did not tailor this message specifically for anyone. But uh, as uh, what typically happens, you're going to think I'm talking about you, and I am. So just receive it. And so I'm going to be reading this morning from Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. And I'm reading, uh, I'm hoping you got it in the King James. New King James, you're up. Those people are the best in the sound booth. When it goes bad, they get all the blame. When it goes good, I get all the credit. So here goes. It says, therefore, we also, since we are, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, if you're wondering what those witnesses are, you've got to read Hebrews chapter 11. It's a hall of faith, men and women who live for God in faith. And, and so the writers of Hebrews says, we're surrounded by that great cloud of witness, the written accounts of their lives. It says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Say the author and the finisher. There's a lot of us that believe he is the author of our faith, but we don't believe he's the finisher. I'm going to tell you today and declare it. He is the finisher of your faith. I don't believe anybody in the room today, your faith is finished. But when it comes to the end, he is going to finish what he started in us. So he's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, I got to declare it again, the joy that was set before him is seeing you be free. He endured the suffering of the cross so that you could endure or enjoy freedom. And uh, um, the, the shame of the cross and all of that, he, he, he put it aside looking to us. And so, um, the idea of that in our lives is understanding the great love of God. And what he said in Revelations chapter 22 and verse 12, he said, And behold, I'm coming quickly. I'm, uh, and he said, And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. He says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He covers it all. There's not a part of our lives that he's not in it. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He's the author and the finisher. And for us to understand and walk in the faith that God desires for us to have, I believe that we need to embrace and grasp the, the reality of him being the author of our faith. I don't believe for a moment if you're serving God here today, if you have faith in God, it's not because you come to this uh, uh, epiphany or that you studied enough material that you decided that one day you were going to live for God. The reality of it is he called you. Okay? 
We did not choose him. He chose us. When you realize that you're chosen, that makes all the difference in the world. When you realize you're chosen, when you come upon really, really hard times, you don't quit. When you realize that you're called into this, when, when life just turns upside down and you wonder what end is up, you're always looking to the author and the finisher of your faith. I dare say in this room today, if you look at just the situations of your lives, and the heartache, the hurt, the, the, the turmoil, the tragedy, all that's gone on, it would cause us to just shrivel up in a fetal position, some of us. The idea that living for God brings everything just, you know, all great things and life is just rosy and there's no heartache, it's just not true. The scripture says that man's days are few and full of trouble. But when you're called and chosen, when he is your alpha and omega, when he is your beginning and end, you realize that there's not anything in your life that comes into your life that he somehow uh, doesn't have his hand on it. Faith says all things work together for the good. You know what? That's sweet to be able to quote that. But then you try to apply that into a life where tragedy struck. That's where faith says. You know, we can become all, uh, you know, Bible quoting, you know, machines and say, this is what you got to believe until life hits you full on and then you have to live by faith. Real faith. And so, he says... He says here, being the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, if that is where you stand, if you understand that, uh, if you understand that he was there at your beginning, that when I uh, uh, came to a faith that saved me, it wasn't because uh, all of a sudden I decided that, but because he continually drawed me. When he calls us, right, that makes a difference, and, and, and to understand that calling, uh, it, it, it will cause you to endure whatever life brings. Here's what Matthew 24 and 12 says. And because of lawlessness, he's talking about the end days. Because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. There's an idea and an understanding, if you're going to excel in the kingdom of God, it takes endurance. It, it takes a, 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 just a, a tenacity, a, 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 a determination in your own life. And, and not, you know, the determination that this world requires for you to be successful in anything, the, the strength and knowledge and all, that's not the way the kingdom works. The endurance in our lives is an endurance of faith. It's when you are just faced with incredible circumstances and you're going to choose to believe. And you do that because that, if you're going to be a part of that enduring faith, you know, some people use faith like the, the bobblehead dial on their dashboard that brings them good luck. You know, or that's a rabbit foot to them. That all of a sudden, you know, um, you know, there's that country western song that I never listened to. That I only talk to God 
when I need a favor, right? But I never heard that. It's just somebody told me about it. Anyway, the idea of there's some people whose faith, they pull it out like they, you know, they put it in a drawer until it's needed, but an enduring real faith, something that's a part of your life is a daily thing. And you, you do that because you know he was at your beginning. How many of you know he called you? See, I, I got to tell you, the, the pro, you know, uh, these young people that have grown up and, and, uh, in the church, you know, I got a couple of them here myself. And uh, the difficulty that, that somebody that's raised in the church has is there, there has to be that part where they know they're called. See, when I was 18 years old, there was no doubt in my mind, man. He saved me. He literally pulled me out of some things in my life. And, and man, oh man, he put me in an entirely different direction. What happens is if we come into the kingdom and we're, and God bless you, you know, raise your children in faith, of course. But what has to happen is eventually they come of that age that, that they have to realize that they were called. And that can be a difficult transition in a scary time. But I'm going to tell you something. If Jesus is the author and the finisher, then our kids are in good hands. It may not look good for a while, but I'm going to tell you what. He had never lost anybody. And, and so, so the, the idea, those of you that are here today that have enduring faith, I, I've, you know, the years of my life and our, the relationships that we have and, and the church that's here uh, is because of enduring faith. And that enduring faith is because knowing that God called me, I literally have nowhere else to go. Jesus talked to his disciples one day after preaching to the crowd and you would think he's starting a worldwide movement. And so he gets to the crowd and he says some incredibly difficult things. And uh, the crowd turns around and leaves. I mean, he had a mat. You talk about a church split. It was gone. They just split. And he turned to his disciples and they, he said, you going to leave me too? And they looked at him with sincerity and said, we don't have anywhere else to go. This is it. You know, and some people, you're wanting faith to be all, all good stuff. And, and, and you want it to be something that just constantly makes you joyful and happy. And faith can do that. But, but being happy and joyful are two different things. Joyful is a state of being. Happy is a state of things around you. Right? Being joyful is just having an understanding that at the end of the day, it's going to be all right. And so, they were there declaring they had nowhere else to go because they knew that God had called them. If you're here today and you don't know that God had, has called you, come on, man. Let, let, you get in a place where you hear His voice. And, and you'll find out, knowing that you're called changes everything. It's more than just a religious uh, uh, ideas or, or tradition. It's literally 
uh, um, uh, pursuing a relationship with the one that called you. Here's what Philippians uh, chapter number 1 verse 3 says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, uh, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. There is a day coming that he's going to change everything around us. And I look forward to that day. But I'm telling you what, until that day, I am confident that God is going to complete in you what he started. I'm confident that he's not going to, you know, get us halfway there and say, well, I'm giving up on, he doesn't give up on anybody. He does not. You may give up on him, but what you give up on, I believe, is the idea and understanding that he called you in the first place. I want you to have the reality of that so that you could have an enduring faith. I'm just thinking of some of those that had a surety of their calling. If you've ever read uh, the book of Acts and uh, how Saul became the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, perhaps one of the great, is the great writers of the New Testament church. Some 14 or more epistles written by him. We're blessed by his life. And uh, his conversion was nothing short of miraculous. I, I would rather not be converted the way he did, right? But literally, he was a, uh, a Pharisee, and he was uh, this Jesus movement. He was going to come and snuff him out and, and actually had uh, um, the authority to take people to prison and, and literally had people killed for believing in Christ. And so he's on his way to Damascus with, the, with uh, you know, that authority again, and he's uh, riding up on his high horse thinking he's doing God a great favor. And the Lord knocks him off his horse. The Bible says a great light shone around about him, and he fell on the ground, and he's like, what? And, and, and the voice from heaven says, uh, Paul or Saul, why are you doing this? And Saul, dumbfounded, never experiencing anything like this before, said, who are you? And from heaven, the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Now that had to have been stunning, right? You're thinking this guy, you know, is a charlatan, a loser. You're going to go, uh, you know, put his disciples in jail, do everything you can to stamp the movement out. All of a sudden, you realize this guy's a somebody. And so I, I imagine in those moments, there was great confusion. But the one thing that Saul was not confused about is that God just touched his life. He had just called him. And, and Saul says, uh, before his name is turned to Paul, he says, Saul says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, here's the reality. He said, I, he said, I got a guy uh, down here whose name is Ananias, and you need to go see him, and he's going to tell you what you need to do. Here's the reality. I don't know why he chose this, but it's the truth. 
If you're looking for the gospel to come to you from angels, it's not going to happen. He always uses human beings. Jesus could have spoke to Saul right there on the road and said, you need to do, you know, you need to repent, you need to be baptized, you need to be filled with my spirit. He said, now you go to Ananias and he's going to tell you what you need to do. So Ananias uh, down the street had no idea. All of a sudden he's in prayer, just whatever's going on. And the Lord says, Ananias. He says, what? He said, hey, uh, Saul's going to be knocking on your door and I need you to minister to him. And Ananias says, no. He said, I know that guy. He murders people. He, he's, done, he's done all kinds. Of, he said, and the Lord says in, in uh, Acts chapter 9, he said, but I called him to be a chosen vessel for me. And I said, okay. And so when Saul walks through the door, Ananias was fully prepared. And Ananias prays for Saul. A miracle happens right there. Saul gets baptized. Name eventually is changed to Paul. And then he begins to live a life of enduring faith. Not because of any other reason than that. The uniqueness of his calling and him being chosen. He, it was absolutely undeniable that God called him. Some of you sitting here today, you wonder whether God called you. You wonder if, you know, I morphed into it or it was in a weak season and, you know, I just needed a crutch for a while. But I'm going to tell you what, when you realize the reality of God's call in your life, it will cause you to endure unbelievable things and still be faithful. Paul's preaching and turning uh, you know, the gospel to just to turn the world upside down. Him and the rest of the disciples and, the, and uh, the, the authorities get so upset with him that they throw him and Silas in prison. Christianity in the 21st century would be, oh God, why have you abandoned me? You know, yeah, my, my, we'd start complaining and what's the matter? You know, don't you see all I've done? Instead, Paul's in the middle of the prison, chains on, him and Silas there, it's midnight. They've been beaten. Read the, read the book. I mean, this wasn't, and they weren't just a few taps on the butt. Man, they were whipped. And they're in there, and, and I can imagine the pain. They're locked in the inner prison with shackles on. And Paul looks at Silas, Silas looks at Paul and says, well, it's a good time to worship. And they begin to sing praise. Why? Because they had an enduring faith. And when as they began to sing praise, there was an earthquake. Say, well, that don't happen in the 21st century. You know what? Where there is enduring faith, there's amazing things that can happen. But they were locked up. They weren't, there was not a pity party. They weren't, poor me, or why is this happening to me? They realized their calling was true, and that God knew exactly where they were, and they're just going to worship through it. And because they began to worship, they were set free, and everybody else around them was set free. I'm going to tell you what, we could use a little bit of that. You're in here today, worshiping God. What does that do, man? I'm telling you, how many felt the Spirit of God in the place? You never know when your brother and sister's bound and they need you. 
So he goes from that, from one thing to another, from being bit by a super poisonous snake, shaking it off in the fire, shipwrecked. He was stoned. And I'm not talking about stone like they are today. I'm talking about first century stoning. It was not, it wasn't good. It was real rocks. Stoned and left for dead. And you know, you would think at some point you'd say, well, I've had enough of this Jesus movement. I mean, come on, man. This isn't what Zig Ziglar would say. How to be successful. But what the difference was for Paul was he knew he was called. And he was going to, he was going to endure whatever was going to come his way because of God's calling in our life. Talks about being called, being chosen, and then being faithful. I, I absolutely believe the call in my life is from him. Him, him, he chose me. But being faithful with it, that's, that's where my will comes in. That's where I make a decision. Lord, Lord, I am yours. My life is yours. Do you, I, I just give you, there is no retirement in the kingdom of God. The retirement is when the box is closed. That's when you retire. In the kingdom, yeah, you might change positions and, and your gifting and all of those things, but my goodness, man, Lord, what, what, why are you going to work to the very end? Because I've been called to it. He chose me. And therefore, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price, is what the Scripture says. And so Paul lives his life continually understanding, and, and just, I, I guarantee you, that event of his conversion was there always. Just spectacular. Now, I, I got to tell you this, and I realize, but when I came in contact with Jesus personally, it was amazing. I mean, it was a conversion. I didn't just kind of you know, morph into the church. I was like, I was, man, he showed up in my life, and it was freaky. I'm like, what in the world is this? And, and, and I literally, a, there, there was a conversion, you know, people made jokes, and you know, I saw the light. Well, you know what? I saw the light. I literally, it was like from darkness to light. It's like, what in the world just happened? And if you haven't had that conversion, man, oh man, it's, it's, it's hard to have an enduring faith if you don't have the, that reality of Jesus just grabbing, grabbing hold of you. That's the problem. And God love you. I don't, you know, sometimes religion, religious tradition in our lives cover up the reality of a relationship. That brings a conversion. And I'm telling you, God wants you to be converted. Not so that he can put another notch on his belt in heaven, but so that you can have an enduring faith here that will cause you just to walk and to believe him in places where others would turn their back. So Paul had such a faith 
that at the end of his days, when he was going to Rome, and they were after him, he was one of the leaders of the hooligan tribe. And uh, they had uh, heard enough about Jesus, and they wanted to cut the head of the snake off. They tried that with Jesus, but he came back from the dead. But they're going to put Paul to death. And so Paul, he knows this, and he's, he's headed to Rome. And his, his friends, uh, uh, gifted people around him saying, Paul, don't go there. One guy, you know, the prophet grabbed shoes, coats. If the, the guy owns this coat, if he goes to Jerusalem, if he goes to there, he's dead. If he goes to Rome, they're going to kill him. Paul said, would you just quit? He said, I know what's waiting for me. Well, you can't possibly have that much enduring faith that you're willing to go to death for him. Well, I got to tell you what, because he knew he was converted, because he knew he was called, because he knew he was a chosen vessel, he figured, man, my life is in his hand anyway. If I go to Rome and he wants me to die, then I'll die. Because in what he declared, and this wasn't just poetic writing, he said to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah, that's an enduring faith. Man, we have lived. We've seen some stuff. We've seen life and we've seen death. I just was on YouTube the other day and Pops uh, testimony come up. I don't know how it got up there. Like, what? I hadn't seen that in years. And uh, just to realize those that have died in faith have gone from life to life. And here you are today, I, I guarantee you, we're not going to escape any of that. Right? We're going to come to us all, but, but an enduring faith just puts us in a place of great joy every day of our life until that moment comes. And so, how many of you know you're called? You're chosen. Come on, be faithful. Don't, 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 don't be confused and think that just because you name the name of Jesus that everything is smooth in front of you. It's just the opposite. I mean, life, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The storms come, but when you build your house on a foundation of Jesus Christ, then you are never, ever moved. Stand with me. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with, with uh, all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus. I am absolutely confident. What are you confident in, you know, the ministries that are going to be here? And all? I'm confident in Jesus. You know, we're, we're human beings. Full of faults and failures, but man, His grace is upon us. His grace is upon this assembly. 
His grace is upon the ministries that are developing here. And I'm going to tell you, His grace is upon your life. It's on you. Man, you'd have to do a whole lot. You'd have to do a whole lot to get away from Him. He doesn't let you get away, does He? Some of you have tried. But He knows. And it's all because He's called you. Come on, you get it in your heart. God, I'm yours because you chose me. And if you chose me, He chose you with all your bruises and bumps, your ugliness. You know, He didn't choose you because you're all good. He didn't choose us for that. He chose us to make us into His image. So today as I pray, we're going to pray. Man, if you have a need, I want to pray with you. If you have a need of healing, there's people. How many believe God can heal? Come on. Believe Him. If you need to be encouraged, just know that there's somebody going to be standing next to you praying for you. We just, we just want you to excel in his kingdom. And Father, I speak your blessing today. Your strength upon your people, especially in the day that we live. An enduring faith when the culture's turned its back on you and when they're declaring those that would stand for morality and righteousness to be haters. God, it is, there is a need in our lives to have an enduring faith. Not that we have to stand and shout it but, God, we can declare it by our lives. We can do the right thing. We can do the God thing. We can worship you and see others be free. Father, let that calling, let that reality of being chosen by you, being every believer in the house and those that are watching, that there would be a surety, an enduring faith that would cause us God, to walk through those dark times with confidence that we are yours. I speak your blessing. I speak your presence. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As we sing, I want to invite you to pray with us just for a few moments and see if God won't touch you this morning. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.